We are Natalie and Matthias. We welcome you to our conversations with B2B ecosystem experts and platform founders. Our goal is to uncover what they learned and help you to launch and scale platforms, marketplaces and business ecosystems. Enjoy! episode of our Platform for Future podcasts. I'm here uh, with my co-host, Matthias Walter. Hello, Matthias. Hello, Natalie. Hi. So I'm Natalie Dumas-Lamborghini. And Matthias, today I'm actually very pleased because we've got our first French platform on this podcast. And what a platform. It's a unicorn. And uh, for this, uh, to, to talk to us about this platform, uh, we're welcoming Adrien Nussenbaum, or Adrien, who co-founded co uh, Miracle in 2011. Adrien, bonjour. Hello, everyone. And thanks Hello. for having me, Nathalie and Mathias. Thank you. So um, we're going to go very uh, quickly into uh, uh, the, you know, the deep conversation. And uh, I'm going to ask you uh, straight away to uh, introduce a little bit uh, your company and how you created it. Uh, just give a bit of history for our listeners uh, who maybe don't yet know about Miracle. Yes, sure. So I have to tell everyone that you put a lot of pressure on me because you said we need to keep it crisp. And uh, I'm a French person who loves to talk, so I'm going to try my best. So very simply, Miracle is a technology company. We provide a SaaS uh, solution, which allows B2B and B2C organizations around the world to launch and manage uh, marketplace and platform businesses. And we work today with over 300 companies around the world, uh, 12 of the top 40 U.S. retailers, uh, companies like Carrefour, like El Corte Inglés, like Siemens, like Airbus, like Toyota. So very broad reach across different industries and sectors. And Miracle is a company that we started in 2012 with my co-founder because we were convinced that platforms and marketplaces were, were really transforming profoundly industries go to market and that this was a model that really captured the potential of, of digital, this ability to create large network effects, large ecosystems. And we wanted to offer to the market a solution that would make it very easy to not only launch and, and, and build a marketplace platform, but also to manage it and grow it at, at a large scale. So this is really in a, in a nutshell, Miracle is, is a 350-people company uh, growing you know, uh, very fast. We just raised $300 million in September 2020 as a Series D funding to really accelerate and continue to accelerate our growth. So it's an exciting space, exciting times, and, um, and very uh, excited to be joining you today. Great. Thank you for the intro. And um, I also saw on your website that in 2018, SAP, so a German unicorn, <laughs> uh, um, became a, an official retailer and partner of Miracle. So it's a, like a German and French connection here. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Äh, ich bin ein Plattform. <lacht> Geil. Ich bin ein Plattformer. Ja, das ist besser. I'm very excited because you give me the opportunity to speak a bit German with you guys. But I, I'm sure it's not the purpose of the podcast to, to do uh, in, uh, German lessons. And what I'm really happy about is, or we are happy about, is that you are an, um, kind of an infrastructure platform. So you said in the beginning that a lot of companies using Miracle to build a platform, a successful uh, platform business. So you are in a kind of unique position that you observed how companies, especially B2B companies, leveraging um, platform business to transform their own business, their core business, um, and looking for new growth opportunities. So we would like to talk with you about um, the let's say, patterns for success when implementing or adopting a platform strategy. And um, to make it easy for our listeners to better follow, so typically when you implement a platform, you go through different life stages. So first you need to start with this uh, initiative. Uh, so you need to find uh, and make this platform part of your overall corporate strategy. Then you go into implementation and then you come to a life stage where you want, where you want to scale and where you want to grow. And maybe we can use this as an outline um, to go through each life stage and talk with you about what you see and what you have observed and experienced uh, Yeah, working together with those companies um, as patterns for success. So maybe let's go quick uh, straight into the first phase and talk about yeah, what is required when a company, an incumbent company wants to start a platform. What is what is your experience here? What is what is required? Yeah, so I think along along the the, the base of your the basis of your question, there's there's kind of three big stages I think we can discuss. The first one is how to define and assess the opportunity for a platform. The, the second one is really talking about some of the key success factors when launching a platform. And the last area is probably once you've launched, realizing that it's only the beginning of a deeper transformation of your company, Uh, the way you operate uh, and and it impacts really your organization broadly. So, so if I start with the the topic of the opportunity, there's when we work with companies, we we see two different situations. We see, I would say, defensive platform strategies and offensive platform strategies. Or and um, and most of the time, it goes back to whether you're on the offense or on the defense, it goes back to a very simple thing that I, I often use with, uh, with, with executives when we meet, is I always tell them a simple way to see if there's, if there's a platform opportunity for you is to, to think beyond your, your, your business and look around, look at, your, look at your partners, look at your suppliers, look at the customers of your suppliers, the partners of your partners, look at that broader world that, that surrounds you and ask yourself a simple question. Are there transactions happening in that broader world that could happen through you? Transactions for, you, for which you could not only be, be legitimate to provide those, to organize those transactions within your, your own platform, But if you were to do that, could you actually provide those, 
you know, enable those transactions of goods or services in, um, in a better way with a higher quality, for example, could you create more fluidity in your market? If you were to be the one organizing those transactions, could you provide benefits for buyers and sellers? If you were the ones to be, uh, who wouldn't be in the middle, could the data that you would, that you would get from, from this allow you to improve your own business, improve the business of your partners. And this is a very simple framework, but it often gets, you know, starts the conversation in a very interesting way because you put around people in the table and you will see, uh, oh yes, you see the, the commercial director who says, yeah, you know, it's true today. We have those small distributors who are not digitally enabled and, and we're seeing that it's, it's somehow breaking the value chain and in, in the distribution and servicing of our product. Maybe if we could have all this on those, the same roof, everyone would benefit from that. Or, you know, we have customers that regularly call us and they're looking for specific parts, but we don't have them. So we have people who are actually paid to, to make phone calls to other vendors and suppliers to find those parts. And we kind of find ourselves in a, in a disjointed value chain. And so, and, and you get it started like that. And so the, the defensive of the, or the offensive really is, is in the in 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 the timing of of when you wake up to that opportunity if you if you wake up to that opportunity because all your your kpis are in the red and and basically people are saying oh there is this new company you know it's a tiny company from from seattle it's called amazon and they started selling books and now they're selling dvds and now they're selling cds and now they're selling diy and now they're selling tvs and now they're selling fashion oh my god and and what can we do this is kind of defensive it doesn't mean it's too late but it means that you're, you're, you're entering a platform strategy in, in a reactionary mode. And, uh, and, and when you do that, the challenge is to react really fast and well. But when you think of it more in a, you know, I'm seeing this new opportunity because of digital. Now we can create all those connections, which we couldn't do before. What if we became the Amazon of our industry, the Uber of our industry and, and so forth. So on the first topic of opportunity, really, this is, this is how I view things. Obviously for, for digital natives, it's easier because they start with no legacy. So they just go for it. The challenge for them is that they don't have a brand. They don't have a partner ecosystem. They don't have all the, the, the key pillars that can enable a successful platform. Whether it's for incumbent, it's really around change. But I'll, I'll stop on the opportunity, and, but I can go into the key success factors if you want after. Yeah, so it's about identifying uh, your ecosystem and the f lack of fluidity in some parts of the ecosystems where you can uh, handle the tr or could handle the transactions. You you said something that I'm gonna uh, uh, just uh, um, ask you about. You said, "Are we legitimate to go after this uh, ecosystem?" And yet, you know, uh, sometimes. This is the first question, actually, that we hear. I'm not legitimate to build that platform because, so you know, um, it's not my uh, core business, for example. And yet, I don't think that being legitimate is really the is really a roadblock because when you think about, uh, you know, Airbnb or Uber, they they weren't actually uh, legitimate specifically on the market. However, I think. You know, do I have partners or customers, etc., who who I can leverage to build that? And in that, it's kind of a, a you know being also legitimate. Uh, that's more the angle I would think about. But can you 
Tell me what you think about this legitimacy of of building a platform or not. Yeah, I, I think it, it it comes back to something which which I observe a lot, which is that all the incumbent businesses they they are either services or product businesses. If we make it very simplistic, you know, they either sell products or make products or or provide services through human beings or. And so the the way they view their asset is off is really cent- centered around this uh, their their core product, the the people, and and they don't realize that um, one thing they need to understand to 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 understand their legitimacy to be a platform is that. A platform business is an infrastructure business, whether you it's a digital infrastructure business in a way, whether you whether you like it or not, it, it's a it's a profound change. So, you know, if you have an amazing supply chain that you've built to to sell cars or distribute cars, you're going to see yourself as a car distributor. You're not going to see yourself as as a as a company with an amazing supply chain. If you want to become a platform, you need to 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 start seeing yourself as, as through the quality of the assets that you've built. If you're a great brand that people trust because they're buying books from you, you're not just trusted because you sell books. You're trusted because you're a great brand that has built loyalty, engagement, reliability. And this becomes your 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 assets. And uh, and and so the legitimacy is really waking up to understanding that in a digital world, becoming a platform is 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 understanding that your assets can become, then allow, can allow you to create a, a, an infrastructure business. And so, if you think of Miracle, you know, when we started this company, we we had no legitimacy to power the platforms uh, all over the world for large enterprises. What was our legitimacy? Our legitimacy is that my co-founder and I, we had been ourselves building and running our own platform for six years. So this was our legitimacy to create create an infrastructure business, to say our infrastructure is technical and business know-how. And really one thing which you see, because you've mentioned Airbnb, Uber, these are companies that had no legitimacy, but they, they had the, the, the freedom to think beyond the 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 you know the 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 boundaries of the existing business that they have built and so f- for me the legitimacy is really a question of of understanding that so i can i can also understand this um, yeah this kind of a problem or maybe um yeah um where can i start and um yeah what can i do with my core business or with my incumbent business um how do you see all the companies then proceed do they build a platform very close to the existing product and service they have so close to the existing business or do they look for more yeah opportunities a little bit far away so to avoid any kind of negative impact or kind of an i don't know what kind what is the impact situation to my core business yeah i i mean it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a very interesting question because it is a true uh dilemma that we that we observe and obviously if if i stick to what i was saying before I would always recommend companies to build platforms not too far from from their core. 
Uh, otherwise, you, the, this ability to leverage, you know, uh, your assets uh, is 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 more difficult because uh, if you're if you're uh, if you're Airbus and you manufacture plane and you decide to create a platform to connect school teachers in uh, in uh, underserved populations. Uh, yeah, you could try to say, yes, you know, Airbus, it's all about connecting people through the sky. <laughs> but but what is lo- your legitimacy to do that? Whereas if you are uh, Berlitz or uh, or some, uh, you know, online school or test uh, preparation uh, company, you are much more legitimate to create a, a platform to connect teachers all around the world uh, because you have a know-how of your industry. So, so I think... It's, it makes much more sense to create something much more core to what you are, which brings, you know, back to, in a way, the success factors, my second point, and, 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 and connects to what you were saying, which is sometimes it's difficult because it can be frightening for, exist, you know, for, for stakeholders to, to build a disruptive model so close to their, their core. So we, we, you know, at Miracle, we, we've, we've established the 10 commandments of a successful platforms, but we try to streamline it to three to, to, to make it easier. And the first one is that it needs to come from the top. Uh, a, a platform initiative in, a, in, a, in an incumbent business needs to be supported by the top executives of the company and, uh, and, and to really be part of the strategy of the company. The, the second thing is that, and it goes back to what we were discussing, it needs to be integrated with your business. So does it mean, you know, in some cases, it's, it's literally integrated in your existing uh, website, e-commerce site, if you have one already, or sometimes it's integrated in your, in your um, you know, go-to-market uh, strategy. If you have, you know, f- sales reps uh, on the ground, uh, but it needs to be integrated. And the, and the last point, which we always insist on, which I think sets the tone for the project is that it's actually, it's not a project, but it's a program. And, and by that, it, it means that the people who engage into a platform project, platform program, you see, I'm, I'm guilty myself. They, they, they need to understand that it's not a three months project where uh, you go live and after three months you're you're done. It's 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 a long term transformation. It doesn't mean that the ROI is not is not quite rapid because we see a lot of our customers having ROIs under under eight to twelve months, which is really quick for digital projects. But it's really a long term program, and it means that it will impact. And I think that's the third uh, pattern for success. It, you need to be ready as an organization to learn and adjust quickly to what this program is going to, to create in your company. For example, uh, you might need to change your go-to-market. If you realize that uh, uh, your, uh, you know, your, 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 your salespeople uh, should sell differently because now their customers are, are going through the platform, you need to adjust to that. You need to change your compensation plans, uh, incentives. You need to think about pricing because platform will also create transparency. So you need to be able to think about pricing. You need to have a data centric approach to collect the data from the platform and learn from. So there's, I mean, I, I could spend hours and I'll stop there, but, but there's, 
there's many things that you're going to learn and a successful platform is really about learning and, and adapting really uh, fast to those learnings. And if you look at Alibaba, Amazon, it's exactly what they've done. Yeah. Um, I like your three points and especially the second one, as you, when you mentioned, uh, it needs to be an integrated part an integrated part of your business. And this is also what we observed. And um, I think it takes also away kind of a fear from the management. So usually what you see when you say you have to transform your business, they, they think in the first then I need now to completely move from a product company into a platform company. But I think this is not true. So most of the companies are adding platform to the mixture of business models they have in their in their in their business so into the portfolio so it becomes an integrated part of the business they do so they do uh, of course they will continue to run a successful product or a successful service and additionally on top uh, they bring in platforms to the mix it's also what we see with larger companies like apple or whatever they still produce a lot of products with iphones macs etc but they added a, co a platform component to the portfolio mixture and this makes them so successful um, so that's why I really like the second point about integration um, maybe let's move on to the second phase of a platform so um, after you have received the support of the top management and you can launch this program and not this project uh, what is then required in the second stage of um, of maybe let's let's let, let's launch this platform The, the the first thing that I that I believe is required, and I it's interesting because I I um I went through it myself in my prior life when uh, when I launched a platform for a very large uh, retailer in in France, I I um I really experienced success the day every department in the company started to ask themselves what can this platform do for me and what can I do for this platform? And uh, so seeing this transition from, oh, there is this new activity going on somewhere in another department, which is it competing against me? Is it creating, uh, you know, alternatives, uh, friction and moving away from that, those fears to, on, to having really a, what can this platform do for me and how can I, what can I do for this platform? And, and for example, uh, if you take supply chain people, the day you launch a platform and they start realizing that, Oh, that's interesting. Maybe we have all these, uh, products that we hold in our distribution centers that we see, uh, not moving fast enough. Could we, could we leverage the platform to, to move to the platform business part, those, those low move, slow moving inventory, for example, and, and optimize our own supply chain. Or if you see uh, people in, um, you know, the merchant's team or the supplier relationship team, and they say, you know, we have all these suppliers that are creating disruption in our market but the volumes we can expect to sell from them are too low for us to reference them as suppliers and carry their assortment. 
what if we could invite them to join our platform and leverage the platform as a as a as as an incubation area also for for new uh, disrupting upcoming products for example so when you think of of marketing you know their their job is to drive traffic and visibility for the brands and suddenly if they're able to think in terms of wow we have not just our core products but that that kind of large extension around us that we can promote or think about you know what we're doing with a for example airbus helicopter we 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 you know launched a platform to to provide um uh specific you know products and chemicals and maintenance equipment for for the partners on the ground who are servicing the helicopters suddenly your market your marketing changed because you're not just a reseller of helicopters you are a, a, an integrated end-to-end -end solution provider to your ecosystem and so that's for me is is really the the key in 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 creating success is is when every department in an organization realize that the platform is a is a very powerful tool to help them and that they will benefit from that only if they also help the platform when you're Talking, for example, about a very big group, uh, what I'm hearing here is a big, big change management uh, challenge because, you know, sounds easy when you're saying, oh, they start to think about the platform in that way, how could they leverage? But actually to get to that point, uh, I guess it takes uh, effort. Is it, how, how do you think that companies should handle that change management. I guess it also starts with your first point should come from the top, but, you know, beyond that. You know, it's, um, it's as always, it's a lot of um, explanation, uh, communication, examples. And, and frankly, this is, you know, we're a technology company, uh, but we have 110 people dedicated to, to doing exactly what you described today, which is um, showing through examples how uh, you know there shouldn't be fears of uh, channel conflict, there shouldn't be fears of cannibalization, there shouldn't be fears of uh, of um, you know pricing disruption. It's it's all something that needs to be uh, worked, anticipated, and uh, and transformed into an opportunity. And that's really fundamentally the 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 key uh, the key goal. And you're right; it's it is pure change management. And um, and you know, change management is always it goes back to what I said. It it has to come from the top, but it needs to be embraced by everyone in the company. Yeah, and it shows again that this is not a separate program or whatever. It's an integrated part of the company and uh, it's becoming, yeah, as like when you have a new team member joining a team, then the team member becomes part of the team. It's not something yeah, who sits outside of the of the room and uh, no, he is becoming part of the team. So, and then and, and he is also part of the, uh, or sitting together with the team in, in, in the room. So you have to, Uh, work every or everybody has to work together as a team 
Also looking at, so this is a change management aspect. So also looking maybe at some, let's say, platform techniques, platform mechanics, or is there any bigger obstacles you observed when launching a platform you need to overcome or maybe uh, incumbent companies have to learn when launch a platform? What is different compared to a product and service business? No, I think it, it I mean, I think it's, uh, it goes back to, to, to what I was saying earlier. It's a, uh, it's all about building stakeholder alignment across the organization uh, that needs to start at the earlier stage of your, of your, of your platform project. Uh, it can be as simple as putting all the stakeholders around the table. It, it can be creating cross-functional teams. One thing that we we've seen also work really well is bringing in the platform teams, people from the, from other teams. So to create, you know, cross pollination of, uh, of, of, of people, because like that, you you have those uh, those internal relays to 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 communicate back to their colleagues, um, and um, and I think it's uh, it's 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 just a, a lot of handholding, really pragmatically, and um, but it's also one thing that I, I you know I'll give you an example, and I I won't name uh, the client, but recently um, I was I was. Um, I was having a discussion with one of our customers. So it's in the B2C space, but, but they, they, they were, they were a bit worried. So there was someone from the, from the commercial team, merchandising team, who was a bit worried saying, uh, imagine we bring a, 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 a seller on the platform and they, they sell the same chairs that we sell much cheaper. And, uh, and and they will you know uh, cannibalize our sales and disrupt our, our our business, and so this is you know the the platform is not live yet the marketplace is not live so this is typically a, a fear and a situation of anticipated fear, but so what I told them, I said you know there's two options, either uh, that seller might be selling the same chair and and somehow they have excess inventory of a few units and they're going to come and they're going to sell them at a at a at a cheaper price and if they don't sell them at a cheaper price with you they will sell them at a cheaper price somewhere else this is not different than a promotion and you know in retail there's promotion all over the place and so if they have just a few items to offload after selling them, they will be done and you will go back to your own price. Or the other scenario is if they have hundreds of chairs at the same, at that lower price, you, then you need to ask yourself, why am I not able to sell at that same price? And maybe this is a category that you don't, support enough to be competitive. Uh, this category should not be in your core focus. Um, and, and, and so I told them, you see, you, you, you have a fear, but you, you think in an irrational way around that fear. You don't try to rationalize and, and structure the fear in, in different buckets and understand what they mean for your business and how you're driving your business. And, and for me, this is just one example, but 
in going through the motions of becoming a successful platform, you, you, you have tons of situations like that. So it's a lot about, you know, rationalizing the fears, leveraging data to really analyze. And, and we live in a world where a lot of incumbents, they don't base their decision based on data. They, 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 they base them a lot on, on past experience, feeling, and, uh, and in digital, it's, uh, it's difficult to do that, I think. It takes, uh, um, based on what we were saying earlier and what you just said now, uh, building a platform business and adapting to a platform business uh, it's actually what you said. It's only the beginning of change uh, because it really takes a lot of uh, 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 maybe thinking outside the box is uh, is a bit too uh, you know <laughs> common, but uh, uh, as an as an expression. But I think this is what it takes: taking a step a step back and looking at things from a more rational and different angle, not from an, an expert's point of view. Uh, in a, in a, you know with the frames that uh, you know are your expertise but they're also your 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 barriers uh, in a way yes it's it's i mean I, we used to say i think we said that in one of our keynotes but it's you know your your enemies of to, of yesterday are your partners of tomorrow when you build a when you build a platform and um, and you know look at amazon how they 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 partner or provide services with every single company that they also compete with in uh, <laughs> around the world. I think there is this blurring of boundaries, uh, which which is is a is a core element of of platform, and and as we are heading into a, a really platform world, it's not so much whether people should think or not. It's people should already be thinking about how they're going to do it and what role they're going to play in this, uh, in this platform, uh, platform world. That's, that's already there. Are they going to be organizers of the platforms in their ecosystem, or are they going to be contributors to, to the platforms or are they going to be a bit of both? Um, yeah, this is exactly what we also start with when we talk to our clients that we, start to build an ecosystem strategy and uh, help them to make the transition from I have to focus on my sector or my industry and uh, taking a much broader perspective and think thinking also about what could be not only um, I position myself here uh, versus Ah, there are others, other players in this ecosystem I can partner with and I can collaborate, I can co-create together, etc. So this opens up the, a broader range of options for the incumbents. Um, so this leads maybe to our last section and life stage of a platform we wanted to talk about um, to scale. So you implemented it, you launched it, you solved chicken egg problem, you solved, you overcome also the internal fears, the internal uh, fights against maybe this new kind of business and you're on the market for some months, some, some years, but uh, sometimes platforms also struggle to scale. So is there kind of... Um, are there kind of patterns you observed uh, what is required to enable an hyper scaling growth or unlocking network effects, et cetera? 
also more and more focus on B2B versus B2C? Yes, I think if we if we if we look specifically on B2B, there there's a there's a few simple things um, to 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 create successful uh, scaling platforms. Uh, the first one is common to all platforms. It's it's really the the, the scale of the the offering and the and the partner uh, and the partner network. If you if you limit your platform to 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 a, a, a small selection of of products or services with a small selection of partners, uh, you, you will you will whatever you or hard you try you you will limit your your scale. That's a, that's a very simple. I mean, at more at, at Miracle, we we always say something a bit, and and there's a sometimes there's debate around it, but we say more sellers, more sellers, more sellers. These are the, the three uh, success factors of a, of a successful platform. Obviously, there is you know uh, control, curation, selection, and all that that comes to play. Specifically around B two B, I think one of the key thing, and we've been through that with our clients because it has been one of our areas of investment, but. B2B has has very specific payment mechanism and invoicing and and you know uh, you you if you build a platform in B2B that only allows uh, credit card payments for example uh, like like you would have in a in a consumer type of platform you 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 are limiting your 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 reach because of the the fact that you need to be able to integrate yourself with a with punch out systems, with your e-procurement platforms and, and different forms of, 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 of payment. And, and also one thing which is important. So it's, it's the idea that B2B has, has very, as much more complex go to markets. Sometimes it can be uh, tiered by types of customers, small, medium, large enterprise. Sometimes it can be, uh, you know, direct, or OEM or via distributors. Uh, sometimes it can be digital catalog, branches, field sales. Uh, one way or another, the, the, the platform part of the business needs to fit into one of those, uh, of, uh, of those strategies. So maybe, you know, we recently launched a platform for 3M uh, the large manufacturer of, uh, I mean, a lot of different products. Uh, so we're working with their, their, uh, personal safety division. So the division that makes masks and gloves and safety products. And, um, and this is a division that works with small, medium, large enterprise USA, all over the world. The, 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 the first platform they've launched is specifically focused as at the small and medium sized business. And, and it means that they have organized a go-to-market and an experience that's, that is consistent with that. So we, we know that this platform will not generate business with the large enterprises under contract. And that if we want to go and, and use the platform for that type, those types of businesses, we are going to need to integrate the platform into, into the selling motions, into the go-to-market of that specific segment. So... I won't go into too much of the details, but I think just as a conclusion on that, B2B is, is much more um, uh, specific in, 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 in their go-to market. It's a much more uh, refined go-to market than, than B2C. And, and the platform really needs to, to, to from the beginning, 
be be clearly integrated into one or many of those go to markets all the way to thinking about how you compensate the reps because you don't want to create channel conflict uh, you want the reps also to go and tell their customers hey you can also buy online now because we have this platform you don't want to create a situation where the reps are visiting the clients and say hey buy from me and at the same time the client is getting marketing messages saying hey buy from the platform online <laughs> that that's a typical example of a of a nice platform failure if you get to that point which uh, I'm not going to name any French car manufacturer, but I've seen this between the online platform where you can supposedly buy the car, and then in the in the at the car dealer they say no 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 <laughs> you know don't go on the platform and buy from us because we don't know what's happening over there. So not to name anybody. <laughs> But so on a more positive note, um, I, uh, uh, we also like to um, talk about the subject of uh, sustainability and uh, we'd like to know your feeling about do platforms or can platforms play a role uh, in, in, you know, driving sustainability uh, and positive impact uh, in, in different formats? Uh, do you see a trend towards that or not yet? What's your feeling about this? So, I mean, I think there, there's a, there, there are different elements to that. I, I think they are uh, obviously the most uh, common, I would say, uh, sustainable platforms in, in for example, in, in, in our round, you know, everything that allow, organizes a circular economy or, you know, the, the, the sale of, you know, pre-owned, refurbished, secondhand uh, products. And, um, and, and that's a very classic uh, sustainable, um, sustainable uh, approach where uh, we, we have clients, for example, like Darty, who sells refurbished electronics on, on the marketplace. Uh, recently, what was interesting is that they're, they're very famous in France for their uh, uh, trust contract or contrat de confiance and they they changed it in in uh, in 20 uh, in recently to add a, a fourth pillar with around around the uh, around really the idea of sustainability uh, we see comp- clients we work with like uh, H&M who uh, who who launched a, a platform called a found where the assortment is sourced entirely from existing uh, you know uh, unused inventory uh, the idea is to sell 0% new material, really giving fashion new life. And um, we, we have jewels in the UK, for example, who, uh, who, um, who, who specifically brings brands and partners with brands uh, who are committed to align with the responsibility, you know, and, and sustainability values that, that jewels has around sourcing recyclable and sustainable materials. So I, I think these are very obvious uh, examples of, of, of sustainable platforms. I, I, I think also that we see a lot of platforms around data that use data and to engage customers into, and users into better behavior. So I personally uh, invested in a company called uh, Spirit, which basically provides um, uh, scale-based so devices that they install in big buildings and, and corporate offices to track uh, the, the consumption of, uh, you know, of, of, of recyclable and non-recyclable goods and, and, and engage uh, uh, 
uh, workers into some form of gamified uh, project to allow uh, to drive towards a more uh, you know zero uh, waste uh, sustainable building and and it benefits everyone in the value chain which is really a notion of platform because that data is also used by the building operators it benefits also the 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 people who take care of like waste collection so there is this kind of circular database platform and and maybe just one last example which we we also think is interesting recently one of our customers uh, made well in the US larger uh, fashion apparel brand they they announced that they were uh, participating in a in a pledge initiative which is that by 2021 15% of their of their products uh, should be uh, either black owned businesses or black made uh, products and uh, and this is really a, a strong commitment in the in the US in the current context and the way they are going to allow that is to to leverage the platform that they've launched with Miracle, this Madewell marketplace, to invite Black-owned businesses to to present and sell their products to uh, to the Madewell customers. So I, I think it's uh, it's three different looks at sustainability: uh, sustainability in terms of ecology, in terms of just being better humans, and 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 fostering a better a better community, better communities. Yeah, thank you. This is uh, giving. Great insights. Um, unfortunately, looking at the time, um, I think we need to wrap up here a little bit. Of course, we could go on and go on and go on and talk for days and talking about your experiences and what can be, uh, what can yeah, go wrong and what you should consider when building a platform. Um, Maybe also it would be of interest of, to our listeners to check out the Miracle website because they also provide a lot of uh, great insights, st some studies, etc. Um, and you see that they have also a lot of B2B and B2C customers already leveraging a platform business model. Um, to kind of a wrap, wrapping up our discussion here, so we had... Um, discussion around three life stages of a platform. And we started with this, of course, how to start such an initiative. And um, what I really liked is about that you said, it's always important to have an ecosystem perspective. So taking a, taking a broader view on what is happening out there, what is, what is, Or your partners doing? What are the people in the value chain doing? And this uh, starts and uh, yeah, to take a broader perspective on, on, on the ecosystem and then to see what can I better do with a platform? What kind of inefficiencies I have in this ecosystem and I can apply a platform to yeah, remove those inefficiencies. Uh, then we moved on to the second stage of a platform to launch it. And um, then interesting wise, it was not about chicken egg problem and so on it was, and then technical thing. It was more about, let's say the human part to say, uh, it's really important to, understand this is a program and not a, a project so it's a longer a longer initiative and uh, important for those initiatives it's always to um, think about change management so to make this platform an integrated part of your business of your running business of your yeah, incumbent business and um, so talking to all the teams and the different departments and um, integrate them into this whole journey and uh, so they can benefit from the platform but they can also provide some stuff to the platform so yeah it's like um, 
hiring a new team member and making this new team member part of the team. And then we have uh, talked about the third part about scaling. And the scaling is about, yeah, that you should focus on the seller side, but also focusing on the long tail. So making platform, maybe not, um, or leveraging the platform, not for the A customers, but maybe for the C customers. And so thinking twice about where can your platform really help in your go-to-market strategy and maybe remove inefficiencies in your go-to-market with your current customer base. And um, so maybe to avoid any any problems with your, yeah, with your sales force you have and maybe your A customers because they require sometimes a more personal contact and not a kind of an digital contact via a platform. And the last part we talked about sustainability and what I really liked about was about the point, you gave some examples, but I like the part with the circular database approach. So leveraging, leveraging the data you Yeah, you capture with your platform to maybe better utilize the assets you have to um, yeah, also maybe uh, have an impact on the consumption side. So it's really not about only about reducing waste and reusing material, but it's also about you as a platform, you're collecting a lot of data and think about how can you leverage this data to make a more sustainable future. So I think this was really a great conversation with a lot of different aspects and um, maybe a last question to you, Adrian. So um, we always ask our guests, so what would be um, a final key advice from you as a leader, as an executive to other executives, other leaders about when they uh, plan to, to start such a platform initiative? Don't be scared. <laughs> trust your guts very good <laughs> <laughs> that's short and crisp you asked for short and crisp Matthias so Adrien made short and crisp <laughs> well, thank you so much Adrien this was a very uh, uh, insightful and pleasant conversation well thanks uh, to both of you for your for your time and invitation and Good luck, all of you, with your platform initiative. Thank you, too. <laughs> don't be scared. Yeah, don't be scared. <laughs> and thank you and um, enjoy the days and also uh, stay healthy. Yes. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>